You should always have the most crucial and confidential conversations when you're surrounded by children with a bartender for no reason. Just make sure that the one person you're hiding all of this information from is sitting under the table next to you behind a tree that's completely out of place. My guests who will hopefully help make this make sense are the golden, perhaps silver, maybe sapphire trio from the Pottership Podcast. Hi, and welcome to Belated Binge Harry Potter, the re-binge podcast that doesn't take itself or the books too seriously. I'm Zach, your host, and I didn't read this series until my mid-20s. Today, we're discussing Prisoner of Azkaban, Chapter 10, The Marauder's Map. The Belated Binge Podcast. Before we start, spoilers, obviously, language, definitely. Shout out to Katie and Alice holding it down for the bonus binge squad. If you want to join the fun and get the shout outs and the episodes and the, and the bonus episodes hence the bonus binge squad and other cool stuff uh patreon.com slash belated binge for that before we get into the chapter i must welcome my guests i'm contractually obligated by no contract whatsoever nobody's getting paid for any of this but damn it we're having fun uh it is the silver golden sapphire blue um turquoise green and yellow trio from nailed it <laughs> the pottership podcast it is mel tc and sam in no particular order um if the voices sound familiar i was on you all's podcast talking about harry and Ginny for as i've been informed prior to recording this episode 71 and y'all are coming up on 100 so it's been a minute but i mean not that long in the grand scheme of things. We're all just inching slowly closer to death and hating to think of it that way, so we don't. And um, you also <laughs> somehow agreed to talk to me again. So thank you for being here and introducing yourselves in some set order, however well, you want to do this. <laughs> the funny part is that, look, first of all, we loved having you and we were waiting for you to come back. Yeah. Second, you said it in the order that we usually introduce ourselves, so that worked out well. So I am Mel. I am, I'm a uh, I am a puff. I'm a proud puff. I collect wands and other paraphernalia from Harry Potter, and I run a theater. So that's me. Hi, I'm TC. I Hi, TC. am. So I've turned this into an 8A meeting. I don't know why. It's beautiful. Um, I am the resident Ravenclaw of the crew. Um, I have two little um, Harry Potter doggies one is baby padfoot and one is little lupin and i don't have nearly as many wands as mel and i'm sam and i am hi, sam. Moving to london hi. <laughs> hi i'm moving to london next year so if anyone listening to this has any suggestions or questions about that for the love of god help me um my wand is not as long as yours if i remember <laughs> I think we have the same wand, don't we? Do we have exactly the same wand? It's like I think the we 12 did, and yeah. three quarter inches. Yeah, okay. So mm -hmm. uh, we have the same wand. We'll have to talk to our parents about that. Um, <laughs> and I'm a buff. Uh, well, hi. hi. Thank you all for doing this. And We're I've never had here. to juggle three people at the same time in any capacity of my life. I'm not sure 
that I could handle it in even this capacity of my life, but we're going to do our best. Uh, we believe in you. <laughs> we're a lot to handle. We are. I'm, well, I don't know if I'm up for the challenge, but I'm going to try. <laughs> How did you all come together for this, for this life and podcast and all of the things? Well, we came together in life through theater. Um, we bonded through the Harry Potter celebration. I think it was the second one uh, where we decided to room together on the spur of the moment and then had a bunch of hysterical happenings that weekend. And then during COVID, these two just kept asking. Hmm. So finally I caved and we started our podcast. So <laughs> she said that like years of asking, years <laughs> of asking. Because the idea was born at the celebration. We were like, wow, we're really funny and we have a lot to talk about. Maybe we should tape this. And then two years later, um COVID happened we were like we're bored <laughs> <laughs> so let's do this I mean it could, could did it have to be a, a badgering the Hufflepuff to make it happen because <laughs> um yeah I know I know <laughs> well, done. Well, well done well done yeah you're, you're welcome <laughs> But also there are two of you. You could have had funny discussions together. Like why why did you have to just, it, just it doesn't keep, work keep... So I, I see what you're saying, but mm -hmm. also they are biological sisters and I, surprise, surprise, am not <laughs> biologically related to them. So they could have all You all look the, the same to me. I... <laughs> Obviously. And we yeah. introduce her as our little sister, which makes for very funny meetings for others. And Peggy. I'm Peggy. So I we for some reason we needed the the trio it's it's sort of like having yes harry and ron would have worked but they they you know kind of need hermione i'm the ron just for the <laughs> clarification but yeah <laughs> are you so am okay, i sure. to am i to uh discern then mel you are hermione in this scenario no, no. no. she's harry be harry mm. this bitch <laughs> Miss Ravenclaw over here, who was like, the is episode resident, resident Ravenclaw. And the resident Ravenclaw. Excuse me. <laughs> I don't know what you mean, but I'm going to own it. Gonna yes, own it. Queen. Okay. Well, shall we dive into the chapter? I think we should. Okay. Sure. So, in case you were obliviated or you got your Hogwarts letter late, let's shove our faces in that white, liquidy substance of our pensive. In Chapter 9, Grim Defeat, Quidditch's life. So much so that Oliver Wood didn't even accompany the rest of the Gryffindor team in the hospital wing to make sure that Harry didn't die from falling like 50 feet in the air. Why? Because it was the first time that Harry didn't catch the snitch before he plummeted to the ground to his inherent doom. Thank God Dumbledore didn't let him die. Uh, he didn't catch the snitch first. And he was distracted by a black dog a.k.a. The Grim, a.k.a. Sirius Black, a.k.a. Trelawney's just the worst. Um, she wasn't even in that chapter, but she just ugh, drives me insane. Anyways, uh, then he was attacked by Dementors, like a hundred of them. Because, sure, having Dementors on the Quidditch pitch is a great idea. Uh, how did the rest of the match happen, by the way? Anyways, I have so many questions. And the biggest concern right now is the broken broomstick. because. Quidditch 
is life. So now, how about Priori Incan Chapter? This is the point <laughs> where our wands connect, not the tips, just the streams, so we can recap what went down in the chapter that we all just read or listened to or consumed in some various way. Did anybody choose fan fiction? Anybody go that route? Because that could throw things off a bit. No, I, I did go with the actual text because fan fiction makes it very different. I imagine so. I imagine so. Never been a big fanfic guy. I hope that changes someday. Um, but today isn't the day. Uh, in this <laughs> chapter, if I can summarize it, uh, the twins come through in the clutch and give Harry the Marauders map, which they've apparently had for a really, really long time. It opens up a lot of questions and potential plot holes. Uh, and I'm sure that we will address several, several, several of them at some point in time in this conversation. Uh, we do open with Harry in the hospital wing, mourning the loss of his broomstick. Because, say it with me, kids, Quidditch is, is life. life. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and we have a Ginny sighting. Speaking of our episode, it's almost like we planned this, which we didn't because I'm completely unorganized and could never have had that foresight. I forgot she was here. Wow. Wow. So did the movie makers. So it's fine. Right? Yeah. Wow. Okay. That's true. So I'm just going to start with, I had forgotten until I reread this, how much of a stickler for the rules Hermione was. Yeah. Thank you. Again, the worst. The makers got wrong. I, I mean, damn. Like, <laughs> it's the a, worst. A you, you, you got a map to go to a fun town and you're, that needs to be turned into, and there's a line in the chapter where it says like, Hermione was struggling to find another problem. <laughs> so back to the hospital wing. Can I just say I'm lying in the hospital wing. I'm in pain. I'm, I've just had dementors. I can hear my parents die. And my biggest issue is my broom. Mm -hmm. Quidditch is life. Quidditch is life. Quidditch is life. Okay, but Quidditch wasn't life until like a month ago. Well, for two years yeah i mean quidditch is it, it it comes in and out you know when quidditch is life when the plot needs quidditch to be life and sometimes the plot has other shit to do and yeah. so it doesn't become as much life until it comes rearing back in his fucking life to be fair <laughs> to be fair i don't even think it's a quidditch is life thing it is a broom is life now as a person who loves having a car so she can get the hell away whenever she wants to i get that like when your car is totaled, you're going to be upset. And so I think for Harry, it was more, but my broom, my first gift, my first everything in the wizarding world, the first thing that made me special as me just got killed by the world's worst tree. That's fair. Murder tree did go to town. Is that, is that wood on wood crime? Is that what happened there? Yes. That, that would be wood on wood crime. Absolutely. Yeah. Has, <laughs> at this point in time, has Hermione already gifted Harry his broom polishing kit? I think she did, right? That was the beginning of this. No, she, she does that right after fire. It's like the same Christmas as the Firebolt, I think. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I could be wrong. Yeah, I feel because... like she... Was it the... Was it? Oh, I think it was the I feel book. like it was before... And I then, but we more. do have a moment where Harry goes to take it out to try to polish up his firebolt and can't mm -hmm. find anything to do on it. 
So, so and then isn't he isn't he using it what like isn't that what he's doing when Hermione comes in with the we're jumping to a different book but it's okay <laughs> I'll it's just okay the book completely that's I'm pretty yeah, sure fine. that's what he got second year from Hermione oh, second year I think he got oh. it second year can we also talk about the people who come to visit him in the hospital we can I mean nobody <laughs> seems to care that this boy almost died no no I mean I... Like, like literally almost died mm -hmm. Malfoy cares he's just mad he didn't die I just love that Malfoy got all of his bandages off just in time to pretend to be a dementor everywhere yeah I was like yeah. Good for you kid you need you need yeah. both arms to do the <laughs> well and that actually brings me to this episode's uh segment of Draco bashing because it's the fucking worst uh and but what he was doing is faking the sustained injury and he kept finding reasons to keep faking it. First, mm. it was to try to get Hagrid fired. Right. Then it was to keep getting shit done for him. And now he's like, oh, wait, we might have to play Quidditch in the rain. Hmm. Let me just keep on. Uh, keep. Ow. 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 We're going to have Hufflepuff do it. But he's that also. So that, yeah, he's the worst. He, he, he's terrible. He's terrible. Uh. And, I... and also, side note, I mm -hmm. get Snape is an asswipe, but oh, yeah. how do you let this kid continue to sit in class, disrupting class, while you're supposed to be teaching a very dangerous item? Like, he's teaching things that can blow up. He's teaching things that can set fire to the school. But meanwhile, I'm just going to let this little shit over there pretend to be a Dementor and disrupt the class. Yeah, oh. it's a Slytherin. It's my Death Eater friend's son. Hmm. For the record, who the, for those of you who listen to our podcast too, this is not TC for once. <laughs> <laughs> we all have our absolute no-goes. Yeah. Well, because Mel is sort of Dumbledore, but we're not going to get into it right now because it's not, it's not, it's not. I love you. There's a rumor, Zach, mm -hmm. that I am Dumbledore. <laughs> I do not. I think... He is a wonderful chess player. He is a master manipulator. He is still a good man who had to make hard choices. So I, think I that sums it up hate decent. Dumbledore. And in this, no. I loved him because his anger alone kept the, the, the Dementors out. Yeah. See, the people that think Mel, and we'll get back on topic, but the people that think Mel hates Dumbledore have obviously not listened to her talk about Bella Bitch or Um Bitch, right? Those are their official names, according to Mel. So those are the yeah, Pottership TM. Yeah, those are. Yeah, so it's fine. But no, okay. So just bringing this back because there is so much in this chapter. So we we've got the Quidditch match. We've got Malfoy. Malfoy gonna Malfoy, and then Lupin comes back to teach after he's been full mooned. We'll say um, he was just out sick. He was just out sick. Mm -hmm. Very. And it's amazing how many clues are in Lupin's reactions. And that's why, I mean, I love the second, third, fourth, fifth reads for these things. Listen, all the clues to his concern about, and this, that little bit of tightening when he hears they made them do werewolf things, like all those little hints in there, just mm, juicy, juicy, love them. Tasty, tasty. <laughs> 
Yes, Wolf, Wolfie McWolferson. Yes, Wolfie yes. McWolferson uh, was sick at the full moon, and nobody had a clue. My goodness, they might suspect a thing, maybe, possibly. <laughs> but then later we find out that Hermione knew mm -hmm. in this class. Yep. Yes, she, she did. Had, she had figured it out by then. And she was like, yep, gonna go see my teacher. That's the werewolf. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like <laughs> it wasn't a problem until it was a problem. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, and it didn't he... have to be a problem. It was a and problem see, because plot. Right? It struck me too, because I yet. never thought about the fact that their first class back or mighty new until mm -hmm. this reread. I was like, Same. Okay. Because she and then, sadly and then... had already done her homework. Well, here's oh. the funny part. She is going to let a werewolf teach because it's fine. But she wants to turn in Harry for getting a map. The things that Hermione decides are dangerous is very funny to me. <laughs> hey, 13-year-old girls be crazy, okay? True story. So let's go back to the map. Yes. Okay. okay. The, 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 the map that is needed because although we can let you almost die in Quidditch, we can't let you go to town to shop. Mm -hmm. um we don't need a signed slip for you to die we need one for you to shop mm -hmm. so we need a map <clears throat> to get you there so can we talk about the fact that the brothers let their younger brother sleep with peter pedigree <laughs> month on end are we going to talk about this so okay, many people about. point this out and it's a pretty obvious like i the name wasn't known to them so that's better but they were just like oh he has a friend who does who not you, go in Ron? their class here's the thing they still knew who was in gryffindor house yeah. who should have been in gryffindor they house. weren't like oh shit peter pettigrew lupin was the only one who was able to do that they right. were just like oh but they should know there's no peter, peter who's sleeping in, in their bed. class but they, no they're only two levels below. Mm -hmm. They know there's not a Peter. There's only five Gryffindor boys in here in their brother's class. Mm -hmm. So just that alone should have triggered something because there's no Peter in the school, in, in Gryffindor. On top of which, these are two boys who spent a good majority of their life using their younger brother as the foil, the test, the whatever you want to call him. They had such a perfect opportunity to be picking on him for like, like two years. We could have like really. I can I can kind of I can almost put my arms through that plot hole. It's just crazy. Yeah, it's bad. It's really bad. <laughs> it's, so it's a big one. Here's something I tried. I tried to actually explain it. Okay. Really. Uh huh. And I don't know if I've been successful or not. However, I'm going to give it a shot because I've never, ever thought of another reason that could possibly make any sense whatsoever. <laughs> and it's in this chapter. And it's in their uh, handing, passing of the parchment. They tell Harry they don't need it anymore because they, and I directly quote, have it memorized. But you can't memorize people's movements. So that doesn't make any sense to me until I had this, let's maybe, maybe a flicker 
of sort of a bulb that's almost gone out, but kind of sort of still bright once in a while. Um, what if they never actually use the map to watch people? What if they only used it for secret passages and to look at their immediate vicinity of like, we're hiding behind a thing. Is somebody coming around this corner or bend or is somebody on the other side that we're trying to get to and like that's the only frame of reference they actually use the map for and thus wouldn't actually have looked at it honestly oh, i'm with you i was sleeping with peter pettigrew for two years in yeah. the dorm room right below them and i mean good for ron right and the other implications that I mean, so, so Ginny never knew person. because Ginny tells him that he's got and no experience making out. I, I, I like I like it. Um, headcanon is like 99% accepted. I'll take that. Only problem I have is are guys really that unobservant? Yes. At some point. Sorry. Yes. I'm sorry. Hang on. Because no girl, let me just say, no girl would have gotten that map at any age and not been like, and where is TC? And where is Sam? And where is Zach? And where, like, we would have scoured it every night just to see who was with who. So I cannot imagine two guys who had it for four years at this point. I can. Didn't spy on people. 100%. Especially they knew about Percy's girlfriend. So how were they not just surprising Percy and Penelope anytime they got together? Right? See, I'm sorry. I, I, and and forgive me and Zach, please jump in. I, I still, I think the twins... God bless them. We're also a bit myopic. They were about the twins. They were about this is twin stuff, doing twin things with the twins, and we 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 twin. And occasionally we will care about other people enough to play a prank, stand out, play Quidditch. Otherwise, we're twinning. So <laughs> I can genuinely see after the third, second, third year of having the map, the novelty of looking at other people war off because they don't care about who's with who or why or how unless there's a way they can prank them so and it's interesting that the parallel is drawn in this chapter between the twins and james and sirius Mm -hmm. because that kind of beautifully illustrates how close the two of them were yeah that they were like brothers they were like twins yeah all right zach i mean it's it's true it's it's certainly not a flawless theory. Uh, I couldn't <laughs> come up with anything that made any sense uh, other than but it it does seem fairly plausible because the twins are as as you say the twins twin. That's what they do. They do seem to, and I I would even go farther as to say they hyper focus on whatever their task is at hand that they are trying to do, like the when they are focused on making new contraptions and like different magical things and products that they can intend to go sell they're focused on doing that when they're focused on trying to cause mischief and sneak around they're focused on that when their focus is on uh, you know actually running a joke shop their focus is on that when they're like they don't their focus is never on their studies. Their focus is never, <laughs> it never seems to, they don't seem to give a shit about having, actually having friends and friendships and like 
doing stuff like that. They have they have Lee, and they get along fine with like other people, but they don't. It you never get the sense that they are actively concerned about other people like in and in their relationships with the exception of half-blood prince where they uh do question Ginny about who she's with dating <laughs> moment yeah and that's about the only time that you actually even get an inclination they care at no, all about anything that like is rumor filled type stuff and because you're saying it that way you're back you're you're up to the 100% headcanon accepted <laughs> i mean again it cuz it makes sense and it's the only thing that does well that that's the caveat it's make something else make sense because nothing in this as it's originally written actually does it's just a major plot hole you could drive a fucking truck through yeah. now having said that Harry just got the map. Mm -hmm. Why doesn't Harry notice that there's a man named Peter Pettigrew in the bedroom with him below, right next to his in his best friend's bed? Now this one, in the room this together. One, this, this one I can explain. Go ahead. Because he was always looking out into the castle at what everything else was. He was never going to be looking at himself and where he was. He knew he had already seen that that worked. He saw, like the the, the map gave him exactly what to say and exactly what to do and he knew that so looking in his immediate five foot range was not useful to any of the times he needed the map so yeah. he's the opposite of the twins instead of being myopic he's constantly big picture yep, yep. kind of because he's had to be from the moment that he was one years old like he's yeah. he's been big picture and been part of the big picture so he's it, not going to look at himself the only time I'm trying to think, he occasionally looks at Dumbledore, but the only other time that I can remember that he is looking at someone is Ginny in, in mm -hmm. Deathly Hallows when they're on the run. Yeah, he's very much using the map as a tool yeah. for whatever he needs it for for that moment. Yeah. And the only time he's looking within a five foot range is when they're sneaking around under it to make sure right. they're not running into someone. Yeah. And he also, and I would say, and it's also by mistake, like he sees... Um, Oh shoot, Junior. Barty, Barty Crouch, Crouch Junior. Barty Crouch Junior. In the in the map, but it was sort of by mistake because he sweeped past the room and went, "Wait, that's weird. Someone's in the office." So no, I, I get behind that. Yeah, head cannon also accepted. I like this. I like it. Okay, so now we we sneak into Hogsmeade. Now, here's my question. This this is a stupid question. I've always wondered. They leave the castle and they walk out. And they walk down to Hogsmeade, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> they go to Hogsmeade, they're shopping. Harry goes down into the tunnel and he walks for what feels like an hour. <laughs> oh. 13-year-old boy having mm -hmm. to walk in a dark cave. He's going to be like, oh, this feels like an hour. Now, I it's will like say, Sam, that's, that is the best explanation I have heard ever because i had that same thought with the 100 200 steps i don't know i lost count which is very 13 year old boy 13 year old in general yeah. because the other explanation i have heard from several other podcasters has just been the author has no sense of distance which is 
true if you look at all the books. None of the distances or time schedules make any sense. Numbers are not the author's strong suit. <laughs> yeah, um, give you that one. But or I also, maps. Right? Or maps. Or maps. Or- people's names or genders yeah right right? okay so we take what feels like an hour Mm -hmm. and then we walk up 100 200 or 300 who knows steps so like 12 right which is probably more like 10 steps um (laughs) and we come out with no problem we don't bump into anyone we almost do but but we don't and then we walk right up to Ron and Hermione, who just happened to be standing right there. Mm-hmm. Great timing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's a good thing they were in Honeydukes at that moment. Right? I mean, the plot just tight on that one. And <laughs> not only in Honeydukes at that moment, but planning a gift for Harry. Right? Cute. <laughs> Cute. And this from a woman who constantly watches Hallmark movies. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I, 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 the first time I read it, I probably didn't even think about it. Sure. But reread. Yeah. I was the like, 17th mm-hmm. time, was, it's like. Right, that's a little trite. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, and you're on the right podcast for it. <laughs> because I can't get through a single one of these chapters of any of the books or shows that I do without at some point in time using the phrase... Because plot, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. You gotta. It wouldn't be a story if they weren't right there. Or I mean, there could have been a line of like Harry had trouble finding Ron and Hermione, but he finally found them in whatever. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's cute. You suspend that disbelief, just you know, yeah. way up there on the wall, and, and it's fine. I mean, exactly. just adding the word luckily. <laughs> Yo, that's so true. <laughs> Hey, yep, you're right. Just yep. give me give me my cut of the books now. You know, change a word <laughs> and take a third. I'll Luckily, I will take Ron that. And right now. Right. Yeah, that it doesn't it doesn't Game take much. Changer. This Game is when changer. my job as a writer gets in the way of reading because in my brain I have a whole conversation where the author wrote likely, and the editor went, okay, we need to cut the words down on this book, so you don't need that. You don't need that. You don't need that. And you get it back and it's like, I'm just going to accept plot. Okay. Because <laughs> editors will take your story. We, we, we know that the author is, let's say, verbose. Um, So I, in my head, I see an editor just went, we don't need that. It's fine. They're children. They won't connect the dots. Which at 11, I probably wouldn't have. But mm-hmm. at older than 11. Even 13. <laughs> so okay so we're in honey dukes where we, we see all the candy that dudley would want which i'm sorry i thought that was the funniest insert sentence <laughs> yeah because this boy has not thought of dudley all gear <laughs> there's all always the opportunity for a fat joke right and yes dude why would like of all the things that we're going through and happening right now dudley comes to mind okay sure hmm Maybe well, planting okay. the seeds for their friendship, li- friendship later on. Yeah. No. Or, no, it's just for the fat joke. Okay. Yes, just no. for the fat joke. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's yeah. thirteen. I mean, he it's... is. But they, I mean, they had Eloise Midgen. They had 
Millicent Bulstrode. Like there were other people. But also Harry's probably wearing Dudley's clothes right now. Yeah, you're not wrong. True. Yeah. Yeah, and he's, Harry is also, he has no twin uh, unless, is Voldemort a twin? Uh, Whatever. Um, (laughs) Wow. Very Very different book. Harry is the epitome of hyper-focused and, well, pretty oblivious to anything else that is around him unless the plot needs him to actually notice something. Right. Yeah. He's very observant in those couple of instances. But <laughs> he he really doesn't have a large circle. Mm-hmm. He doesn't really think about people outside of his circle. Yeah. And the person he probably hates the most in the world inside of his circle is some kind of weird cockfight between Draco and Dudley. Which would be yeah. a really fun movie. The Draco wow. Dudley cockfight? Yeah. That sounds don't take it literally. Don't Not don't take it literally. They have wings. They're dressed as chickens. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. It's... Okay. Wow, wow, that went my <laughs> eyes, my eyes. I can't unsee. <laughs> okay, so now we leave Hogsmeade. We're walking, we're walking. It's a blizzard. Wait, I need, to, blizzard. I need to I need to talk. I don't want to leave Hogsmeade yet because we well, still we have haven't to left. Not, I'm sorry, I didn't Honey mean Hogsmeade. Dukes. I meant Honeydukes. Honey I, I do have a one thing because go. I will say this. This is prob I am not as big on finding plot holes. They're there, I move past them. But this one got me. He is not wearing his invisibility cloak. That town <laughs> is small and it is full of fellow students. And other people in the wizarding world who know Scarface with glasses is Harry. How does no one on the walk between Honeydukes and Ms. Madame Mes- Madame Resmartas not recognize him? When that when you when you put up your hood, you look like a totally different person. Hmm. Wait, who's on the sure. podcast with us right now? What happened uh, exactly. to Sam? Evil <laughs> Kermit, obviously. Like. <laughs> I it it is. Put it on is glasses, and now you're spite. You're a Superman. Yeah. You just call me crime. Think about <laughs> it. If Ron and Hermione were in Honey Dukes, that means that's as far as they probably had gotten at that point. Mm-hmm. Means there were other students in Honey Dukes. Oh well, yeah. No hair. Harry references them. There's yeah, that's behind them. Yeah, that's one of the things that he does say is he nobody noticed him because he just blended in as another Hogwarts student because the place was full of them. So that explain that does it does kind of explain why the like staff at Honeydukes doesn't notice he's there, but also sure. why would the staff at Honeydukes give a shit that he's there? Aside from the fact that he's Harry Potter, like they don't know he doesn't have a signed permission slip. That's the only reason that <laughs> yeah. he's even thinking this. But the other students do. Well, yeah, but we couldn't write that in because plot. Well, yeah. Yeah, here's here's another piece of this, though, that like it goes back to how we are as humans. And I think it's amplified by 167 fold when we are 13. Nobody is more cognizant of us than us. We are the star of our own movie. Nobody there gives a flying rat's ass that Harry is there, aside from Harry. 
and his <laughs> friends that just found out he's there. Like, nobody else cares. They're the star of their own movie. They're yeah. worried about their pimple or what, like, snack they're going to buy. Or, oh, I just knocked that shit off the shelf back there. I hope they don't charge me for it. Like, <laughs> they're worried about that stuff in their own lives, in their own little box of, you know, blinders that they wear at 13, 14, 15 of just, like, I hope that... I, I shot my shot at her over there. She turned me down. I need to get out of here really, really, really fast. Oh, was that hair? Hair? I don't care. And then they move out into the blizzard. Which I get yeah. all of that, and I 100% agree. And then go to the, the sentence <clears throat> plot, because this is the one time in the world we don't run into Malfoy. Mm -hmm. Well, because not yet. You know, any one of that group of six seven would have been like he's not supposed to be here like yeah. right yeah. yeah yeah okay so anyway uh-huh oh and we're luckily we're going through the blizzard now mm -hmm. yeah because that's why it took them so long to get to honey dukes um he was traveling underground on hundreds of stairs uh no, <laughs> no escalator down right, there right. i don't know if you know um and they were in a blizzard it he was a blizzard when he out that he's there. That always struck me as funny. That like, he hit his head. The top of the stairs because you hit your head. Yeah. Well, because he's looking down. At the stairs, uh -huh. he's trying wait, to count wait, them. Wait, wait, wait! I'm struck by the idea that this has never happened to you, TC. Have you never been watching? You... Has anyone else but me experienced this? Sorry, no. I'm being so oblivious to everything around like... us that we walk straight into something. I, because it's because it's because it stares up and and you're looking at your feet and there's a, a trap door above your head sure you Let's find yourself that. in that position often not often but it has happened to me before and it wasn't a trap door it just i walk up a lot of towers okay <laughs> are you okay. a vampire what is this what just happened she's a damsel apparently <laughs> Hey, hey, I'm not a damsel. Yeah, she's <laughs> going up the tower. She's not stuck in it. It is occurring to me that the words without context of my life and my experiences seems odd. No, no, I this have... seems perfectly normal. I don't think you need to explain at all. We don't need context. I have, on occasion, found myself in Europe walking up a, a thin tower and the steps are very skinny so it's very steep so you're looking at your feet to make sure you don't fall and then if you are unaware of how you are coming out into the room that you are attempting to go into you hit your head you know what I'm gonna give it to you because one <laughs> of the things I tell people all the time is that we as American readers forget this is a English book. When people get mad at how much Hagrid drinks, I'm like, have you been to England? Have you oh, I don't get, I don't get mad about English. Hagrid drinking a lot. He's a giant. He's huge. He needs to drink a lot. Right. It's, but and, saying, and you mentioned that in one of your recent episodes. Yeah, and he's fun. doing it at home. He's, he's office right? He's doing it at home. Like, but yeah. there are a lot of things that people, American readers, like this. It makes complete sense to me when you're in England, everything is still tiny because I did think about how skinny there could have been a hundred stairs because the stairs are only four inches 
thin and you were on tiptoe going up the stairs that is because true. everything is so freaking small you know what i'm giving that to you sam winner thank you <laughs> so back to the plot <laughs> <laughs> welcome back now what harry is concussed and walking <laughs> in a blizzard, and they're going to the bar because that's what you do when you are 13 and you're so in butterbeer a, another... is un out so who okay so let's uh, go back on a whole nother tangent hmm? butterbeer is non-alcoholic but it's beer right. you can have non-alcoholic beer i almost drank some as we were taping this you can but i don't think butterbeer is non-alcoholic no, it's not, it's that she, the, the author has said it is non-alcoholic i think butterbeer has the same amount of alcohol as root beer birch beer all the things we drink that are sodas that have a fraction hmm. of a fraction of a fraction of sure alcohol. and sure. if you go ginger to, beer if you go to england and you go visit um shakespeare's area yeah. several yeah. of the stalls sell butter beer mm-hmm. like before i ever even knew about harry potter yeah it is not alcoholic it's just a hmm. butter and it's disgusting very disgusting it's not it's hmm. disgusting wait that that particular type of butter beer or butter beer in general yeah. No, that we're in Stratford-on-Avon, the stuff Stop. they serve there is disgusting. So PSA, don't get the butterbeer at Stratford-on-Avon. There you go. Get it from the Wizarding World. Yeah. Get the fake sugary stuff. Yeah. Get the yes. fake sugary because Because here's the thing. Our butterbeer is butterscotch. Their butterbeer at that place is butter. Mmm. Yeah. Yummy. Yeah. Put it on toast. I guess I'm... I'm a little like then just I can't get past the glaring plot hole now of the Half Blood Prince movie when Hermione slops down her butterbeer and is like tipsy drunk as shit walking back to the castle. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why I always figured there was at least some alcohol. At least some alcohol. In them. Yep. There are yeah. references to it. Yeah. No, she, like, was on, she was just on a sugar high. Okay. Yeah, can we just agree? Happy. So the movies are fan fiction. I mean, they are based I on just... this great book series. <laughs> yeah, I mean the movies. But even the book series that we all love and all have podcasts about have some plot holes. Oh, hundred percent. What do you mean? No. So the one of my favorite. I've never noticed. No, <laughs> there are plot holes, and then there are things that they just made up. Yeah, that's where I go fan fiction for the films. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So going yeah. back to your point, mm-hmm. three 13-year-olds walk into a bar. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then... Um... A priest, a rabbi. <laughs> yeah. Because Pretty here's much. the question. This village is created... Let's say it came up around the fact that there's a town and a school here. Why did they not build, like, a restaurant type thing? It is. It's what this pub. is supposed a to be, pub. right? I mean, but it's the only one. I mean, not counting Aberforth because nobody would go there. But there are others. There, it's. I. I feel like there are. Well, it's a very tiny town, but I also feel like there are other restaurants and places. But Harry doesn't see those, so they don't exist. Okay. Okay. And to be fair, remember, as we just said, England, like Ireland and a lot of other places, pubs are not bars that you need to be carded to get into like they are yeah 
No, it's no, and I get that, but I'm just thinking there. It's yes, I go back to Sam's. Harry didn't see it, so it doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. It was there. Gotta we're talking at least forty kids because we don't know how many are in each class. Um, <laughs> descend on this town. Descend. They can't all eat at the same time at the same one place. Now we keep in mind we have Madame. Well, you have Madame Puttyfoots, you have Aberforths, but here's the thing. They would have gone to Madame as Motors anyway, because this is the first time we get the hint that Ron is starting to have big boy feelings. And <laughs> he was going to say, we're going to, and I think he's the one that suggests it, going to the Three Broomsticks, because mm-hmm. that's Madame Rosmurda's place. And he volunteers, the boy with no money, volunteers <laughs> to buy the butter beers and go up and carry them back this this is ron's choice (laughs) Mm -hmm. i was struck by that this this read of like isn't he usually not good at paying for oh okay he's thinking with his broomstick right he is thinking thinking with his broomstick broomstick. but Mm -hmm. we saw the word she's curvy well how else would you describe her <laughs> I'm a writer. I could think of a lot of words, but curvy works for thirteen. I mean, <laughs> because Harry uh, is go- is gonna have those feelings a little bit soon. Yeah, but Harry, I think, likes more boyish body types. On because I always feel like tomboyishness is Ginny's body type. I don't get voluptuous. No, so, not not voluptuous. He definitely likes sporty girls. Right. His what? Athletic. His two crushes crushes are Sporty Spice 1 and 2. Yeah. 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 Pretty much. Quidditch players. So in this scene, we get to one of my favorite parts of the entire book. Oh. When the teachers come in and it is so visual. Like it's it's a ridiculous comedy movie moment. Ron and Hermione in sync put their hands on Harry's head and shove him under the table. I don't know why it's hysterical. It's so visual. I can see it in my mind and it's a regular, I don't know who to reference, Vince Vaughn movie. Like <laughs> It is a hundred percent, Sam. I'm with you on that. I have the same thought. It makes me laugh every time. So then Harry's just covered in butterbeer <laughs> and they move a tree and the teachers have no idea that they're there. That's yeah. the part that I can't really. Nobody noticed the the tree in the middle <laughs> of the room that shouldn't be there. there. <laughs> huh. Nope. Must nope. not be anybody over there. Okay. Well, I always pictured, and maybe I'm wrong, but I always pictured they were the tree is one of many Christmas trees in the three broomsticks. And it yeah. was already next to their table because it says she just it just kind of moved a few inches and flopped down. My bigger issue is no one noticed a tree move. Nope. But then again, magical community. All kinds of things are moving. My mm-hmm. bigger issue That's is fair. that a bunch of full-grown adults sat there having a conversation that could be overheard by <sighs> others without even looking around to see who might be on the other side of that tree. They only think about it when Her- when Hagrid is literally yelling facts. Right? right? <laughs> and all of a sudden, everyone's like, Hagrid, shh. <laughs> Not even know. everyone. Just McGonagall. Just McGonagall. Yeah. The fucking minister of magic is like, he's good. 
<laughs> well, they've had a couple of, I guess not butter beers. They've whiskey. had mead <laughs> and such. They had mead and and whiskey. And and I think Flitwick uh, got a fru fru drink. Yeah, he got <laughs> he got some kind of something that matches That's his voice. Everyone short likes martinis. <laughs> Why martinis? is this a thing? <laughs> I I can tell you with absolute certainty that that is false because I'm a very very height challenged individual. Not once in my life have I ever wanted to drink that has any fucking umbrellas in it. Yeah, but you're also a Quidditch's life guy, and we need to go out and introduce you to some espresso martinis, and it'll be fun. I'm okay with that. Let See, it happen. here's the thing: even espresso martinis don't have an umbrella in them. Like the, the drinks that have umbrellas small. have a lot of fruit juice. You're not going to be here, Quidditch guy, margarita. No, no, no. You got to start with like, oh, this is at least still the color of beer. See, here's what you do. You start with a sex on the beach shot. Then you move up to chocolate martini. Then okay. you move up to, you like sex on the beach. You like the shot. Just get the drink. Oh, you know what? Very similar as a rum runner. Like that's how you get them and, into and, the, the umbrella drink. And the name definitely doesn't bring these guys, bring these boys to the yard. To the yard. <laughs> exactly. No, oh, I was honestly thinking that you got caught having sex on the beach and got <laughs> shot is what I thought you were going with that. <laughs> Alas, it's what okay. are you do? We'll move a tree. No one will see us. No one will notice. <laughs> <laughs> no one will notice. And there will be an umbrella. And there oh. will be an umbrella. Oh. oh, God. So they're just loudly spewing Harry's personal life. Yeah, it's the stupidest thing, honestly. And I mean, and this is where the plot convenience gets a bit additionally tough. At any point in time in this series, any at all that you can think of, can you imagine this foursome having any kind of shared communication time or anything together ever for any reason was literally in the last book the last time we saw the minister for magic and hagrid together he was arresting him and taking him to azkaban <laughs> for being the heir of slytherin but that was last year yeah, this year, this yeah year. totally fine what? you know what's Great funny water. though Hagrid is the only one that feels off to me. Like, I can see Flitwick and Minerva hanging out. Absolutely. Okay. I can see Madame Rosmerta stopping to chat because she nosy. And she was invited to and she nosy. I also, can even see, that's because the thing she's too. the deputy headmistress, I can see the minister wanting to talk to Minerva. Mm -hmm. Hagrid makes no sense. I mean, yeah. but haven't you ever gone out and that one friend brings that one friend and it's like, I don't know this person at all, but I we're going to chat now. I think it was one of those situations. Someone okay. overheard someone saying, let's go to the three broomsticks. And then now, they went, I will say oh. it's very obvious that Hagrid and Madame Rose Murda are friendly and talk and um, chat. So here's the other thing. Remember, Hagrid. Harry says... He was reminded that it is it's their hug, their break right. too, and Christmas is coming for them too. And maybe it just made sense. Plot. Sure. Also, sure. the time that I would ideally choose 
to have this discussion, even amongst this unlikely group, is to the to the bartender making sure she has all the details of all the classified information. <laughs> yeah. Because I mean, who's she gonna tell, really? My favorite part is that they admonish Hagrid. Did you tell everyone? And then you sat and told everyone. Like everyone. Everyone. Did you tell everyone this secret information? How could you? <laughs> well, the best I... part is they, they say it as if it's such a secret. Mm -hmm. But let's go ahead and talk about it in the middle of a crowded bar and where, then the, where we the don't know who's behind the tree. The tree that's not supposed to be there. <laughs> that moved, that moved when we sat down. And there's a there's puddle a of butterbeer that keeps coming closer to my to my foot. Crazy. I wonder how that's spilled. It's coming from the tree. <laughs> the, tree, the, tree the tree's on Christmas break, too. The yeah. tree <laughs> is drunk off butterbeer. It affects it differently. It, that's like why it's moving. It's a sugar spruce or something. It's a sugar <laughs> spruce. I don't know if that's a real thing. I don't know trees. For the record, but, it is now. Okay. Right? Yeah, I'll take it. I think talking about this and I get that they like the the drawn out lead up and I did I do remember noticing this the first time I read it the drawn out lead up to well you remember who Sirius Black's Ugh. best friend was mm -hmm. oh yes you never saw one without the other they were inseparable they were like brothers Sirius Black and James Potter like Here's why that didn't bother me. Although Sorry, I that was my drum roll. It, it was beautiful. I Here's why it didn't bother me. Although, yes, it is drawn out and it's definitely like, dur, 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 like it's, it's all there. But it didn't bother me because it came from Fudge. And Fudge, in my opinion, his telling of a tale, he is way dramatic. Like that is a man who gets to the podium and is like, Ladies and gentlemen, I'm let here to tell you a tale of my childhood and why I am, you know, like. But that I was Rose Murda who says all of that. Well, no, they're at they're telling Rose they're asking Rose Murda. They keep you going. Remember, they keep passing it. A, I mean, yeah, yeah passing it's a conversation. <laughs> so I, that's the only reason I let it go. But I hundred percent agree with you. It is definitely trumpets blaring, drum roll. In case you weren't paying attention, I'm about to tell you something important. Pay yeah. attention, kids. Like here's because here's what I thought of while listening to that whole thing again, because I listened to it this time rather than read it. And as it's building and it's building and it's building, I just kept thinking of modern news stories because <laughs> there were so many times in this story where they were wrong. But the way they put it together made perfectly good sense and you can convince an audience that this was it like okay. i was like okay that was nope that was but that's not how but get okay but did, okay seven okay, wait so yeah they had a beautifully built story of lies yeah that's such an mm -hmm. incredible comparison though holy crap it's great but there is something else i wanted because i think this is one of the reasons it's so drawn out this, I believe, and if I'm wrong, let me know. I think this is the first time we get the Fidelius charm explained as an audience. Yeah. And yes. I think the author it's wrote it so this way much to make it very, make it stand out as something yeah. we needed to remember. Yes. Mm -hmm. 
So I, I do think that was kind of the reason, because this was a very important plot point. You know. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, Sidium got blown by just to get into the One-Eyed Witch. Nobody cared about that spell. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, it's the whole thing. It is just jam-packed with info dump exposition just a massive amount and it's and it comes to us from the most unlikely group in the most unlikely place in the most unlikely way in the most ridiculous set of circumstances to make it all come together but it is very important it does have Sirius and James being best friends it does give us what a Fidelius charm is how it works to be a secret keeper there was also the even just planting of the seeds that Dumbledore had a spy. Wonder who that could be. <laughs> there was a spy leaking information from them to Voldemort. Wonder who that could be. Hagrid meeting Sirius outside of the house and Sirius wanting to take Harry and giving him the motorbike. Why do you give me the motorbike for? <laughs> he loved that thing. And then we I also mean, it have a lot of it had a lot as the story as a whole it had a lot of stuff it's mm -hmm. just when you're redoing it you can go oh wow oh wow could have done that different Ooh, ooh. so much dear it was like cramming it in to make sure that we got it anyway um yeah the other thing that we got is and this is the one that i latched on to i think the most in the nitty-gritty detail that i thought i would get y'all's thoughts on is it mentions how they have muggle eyewitnesses to Peter Pettigrew cornering Sirius and trying to take him down and Sirius being too fast for him and killing him and blah, 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 blah. We had to wipe their memories. How is it that all of these muggles that you had as eyewitnesses all saw the same thing and all saw it wrong? But they didn't see it wrong. And that, I think, is the important point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Peter staged that whole thing. That's the, the thing we get from it. Peter did stop and say, no, see, like, Peter acted his face off. Give him an Academy Award. Well, so he I got a vote of Maryland for it. Yeah. <laughs> but when we get the actual story from Sirius, it was backwards. Mm -hmm. Sirius had cornered Peter. And Peter blew everybody up, including himself, as he transformed into, transfigured think himself about into a rat. And But think about what you just said. Sirius had cornered Peter. So mm -hmm. even as, and we all know eyewitnesses are not always reliable, as a muggle walking by across the street, because obviously you weren't one of the 11 muggles killed, um, <laughs> you see bad man approach little man, Little man screams out in terror. They both point sticks at each other. There's a big explosion and little man is blown to bits with just a finger showing. I think the most important question in these logistics is how close were they standing? Because if they are screaming at each other and you see a light come from this guy's stick and not this guy, I you're that's going to be difficult to misread. But if they were like, because like you said, he was being dramatic. Peter 
yelled all of this out, but they could have been standing this close. Sorry, yeah. this, this close. I realized that was Think good. about when you're walking, and I'm just going to use for the American side of things, you're walking through the mall. You're paying attention to all these other things that are happening around you because you're thinking, I got to go get declares to get some new earrings. And then all of a sudden, you hear someone scream something. That's really the first time most of them would have seen anything. And that scream was Peter acting and then an explosion. So the 11 that saw it are just as trustworthy as anybody on the news tonight talking about how the neighbor next door seemed like such a nice person. I completely Why agree. Why do they all say that? <laughs> yeah, I, I completely agree. I understand how you can misinterpret a scene. It's the specific details of this particular recounting of the scene for so many yeah. people to have it, to all have it wrong, all have it wrong in the exact same way. If they did, because hey, I was going to say, think on. about the police question or the oral questions that they wanted it to be serious. They want, they were ready and a, like 20 of them were to get him. So when you say, Zach, um, what did you see? And you're like, well, it looked to me like the little guy was like, like acting. He was really over the top. And they're like, maybe he was just scared. Right. And you, as the by, by, you know, eyewitness who just saw something crazy happen, were like, oh, mm -hmm. okay, yeah, maybe he was just scared. So it's very possible the ministry story. They could have been leading also questions. Led, yeah. led. Yeah. Well, also, keep in mind, it's been 12 years. The ministry yeah. has been telling this story this way for 12 years. It could have been completely different 12 years ago. And you had that like one six-year-old going, no, I swear I saw the, no, you didn't. And they moved on. Like, cause yeah. I mean, we've all told stories that, oh my God, when I was in middle school, this happened. And then somebody else who was in middle school looks at you and goes, no, I remember that slightly differently. How that went. And they're like, no, it was. I've been telling this story for years. You've been what? lying the whole time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. We all, we are, we are all the stars of our own movie. Exactly. Um, well, I find it interesting though, the cavalier way. And this is, I've heard a lot of people argue about this and I'm curious what you guys think. Using magic against muggles, against their will is against the law. However, the ministry is extremely cavalier with memory charms right. throughout the entire series. Well, I, the statute of secrecy, I feel like the international statute of secrecy, like just trumps everything. Trumps, trumps everything. everything. Thank you. Yep. Yeah, but they're real cavalier about it. And let me just say, when you use magic on a magical person, it probably affects them in one way. Magic on a muggle, like so they have life did they forget like anesthesia they blamed it on anesthesia but what it actually was well is... what we learned what we learned from gilroy lockhart is that you can be pretty specific about the memory charm and just take out that bit and we have all gone to work on monday and someone's like oh how was your weekend i don't know i had a weekend i don't know. <laughs> I, I, I remember going to sleep like yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, I, I think my brain interpreted all of this, Zach, as it's the ministry's story to tell. Mm -hmm. It's the story they wanted it to be.
because that yeah. was easier than any other explanation. And regardless of what those 11 muggles said in reality, they went with what they heard, what they wanted to hear, and they coaxed those who might have said different to get the story they needed. Especially since you consider Sirius went to Azkaban without a trial. Yep. Yeah. They did not even Crazy. pretend to look Crazy. for facts. They did not pretend to try him and prove their facts. And they also, went, if, this is what happened. Go to jail. If he had been less self-deprecating because he was on, because he was like, nope, yep, it was my fault. Yep. And it's like, I, not really, not really. <laughs> and you saying that is really confusing a lot of people. <laughs> well, I'm going to stop this now to put a PSA out there. Lawyer up, people. You cannot be trusted to defend yourself. <laughs> Whole thing would have been different if Sirius had a lawyer. Thank you wow. for coming to my TED Talk. Wow. <laughs> Do they have lawyers in the Wizarding World? They oh, put they have Harry on trial like by himself as a minor. Yeah. In Order of the Phoenix. <laughs> I'm going mean... to say, post the books, Hermione made sure. <laughs> all of a sudden there were a bunch of lawyers in in the wisdom gamut so yeah but also i there were yes but dumbledore represents harry i wonder if there were lawyers chomping at the bit to represent harry in this and dumbledore was like no 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 <laughs> it's like the uh the phone calls that you get if you've ever had like an accident or something in your car and then you just get flooded with print mail Oh. Yeah. Hey, does your neck hurt? <laughs> yeah. Do you need to sue somebody? Yeah. Right. If That's... you have a phone, you, you have, have a lawyer. lawyer. Hogwarts, oh Hogwarts uh, mail has actually been being sifted through this entire time, and they've been getting all of Harry's spam out of there. <laughs> Seriously, though, like, why does this kid not get more fan mail at school? They, like, they don't. I mean, that's a really good point. They mm -hmm. freaking know how old he is. Yeah. Yeah. Oh and after, the, if nothing else, after the Triwizard Tournament, when he's yeah. starting to get support mail. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. How the Boober Tuber pace get, uh, get past that? That's Sorry, what I'm saying. That's for, like, another, like, that's for your next book. It wasn't addressed to <laughs> So back to I volunteer anyway. to come back for that chapter, though. <laughs> so going back to this one, my... Your visual favorite part is them pushing him down. My visual favorite is this: the, the the story has been told. The teachers sweep out, you know, because plot, and then they both are just like, "Oh." <laughs> <laughs> I actually picture it slightly differently. I see it from like through his eyes, mostly because, I mean, look at me, but. <laughs> He's like sitting there like just a seven potters right now. Yeah, he, right. He just like is sitting there dumbfounded and he's looking and what you see is Ron and Hermione's heads like faces just start ducking under the table. <laughs> yeah. That's just like visually that's my that was my um mm -hmm. I guess and that's how the chapter bit. actually ends. Um there's one Probably. other thing I don't know if you caught, yeah, in the, in the whole, like, story that the minister was telling, the newspaper. The catalyst for Sirius breaking out of Azkaban. Yes. 
was told right here in this little conversation because this is where Sirius sees Peter on Ron's shoulder mm -hmm. and is like, I got to get out of here. Now, here's my question. And I don't, I don't remember if this is confirmed later in Sirius's story or anything like that. But that drive, that ambition, that like that motivation to get GTFO out of prison is that because Sirius the Rat is alive and he knows where he is, Peter. or is that because, yeah, sorry, Peter the Rat is alive and he knows <laughs> where he is, or is it because Sirius knows that Peter the Rat is at Hogwarts where yes. Harry is? I it is that one. It says it in the book. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah. It actually says he's where Harry is. Yeah. Yeah. Although, although I'm going to say, I think a good portion of it does have to do with, I'm going to get this little shit back. Yeah. Sirius is pretty vindictive. Mm hmm yeah well rightfully so harry and i want to protect harry and i gotta get out of here to protect harry but in the meantime if i could find that little crapper and yeah. but like well i think it, that's the solution the problem is he's where harry is the solution is kill that little bastard right yeah yeah stop on him 100 but make sure that if i do happen to come in contact with harry at all in this thing I make it super duper ambiguous and make it seem like I'm out to kill him. Oh, because sorry. that's what everybody else is saying to him. Oh, one other then. thing that one other thing that's pointed out in this chapter, and I didn't want to forget it. Mm -hmm. Um, this is also the chapter we find out that the Whomping Willow was planted when Lupin yep. got there. Mm -hmm. Like there are yes. so many. This chapter just the and hits keep here's coming. Here's the funny, the funny, and that one of the passages from right underneath the Whomping Willow go into Those... Hogsmeade. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yes. but here's the thing I thought was funny is when Lupin is explaining it, it almost seemed as if he didn't realize the Whomping Willow was to protect that entrance. Like if you listen to how he tells it, everything else you can fit right into I'm a werewolf, here's why. That, like there's a sentence where he's like, yeah, but nobody would go there because, but it almost seemed like he was not attaching the willow to himself. Because he does, because- that. I, I think he was aware that he was talking to Harry. Right. Yeah. Because yeah, his reactions and everything else in that conversation were so telling. Yes. Now. Now that we know. <laughs> well, we weren't supposed to catch that one yet. Right. I know. We're supposed to be on the werewolf tip right now. We're not supposed to be on the shrieking shack tip right now. <laughs> and like, honestly, the first time I read it, both went over my head. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they should. One reading they're supposed to. But it also, I, he, Lupin specific, this struck me, this reading. Lupin, I will finish one of these sentences. Lupin. Was it Lupin? Are you sure it was Lupin? <laughs> Who's Lupin again? Is, is that Wolfie McWolferson? It's like when you stare yes. at a word for too long and then you're like, I don't think I'm spelling red right. Um, <laughs> D-E-R, right? Yeah. He specifically sorry back to Lupin. He specifically <laughs> says, I'm sorry, I'm glitching. They planted the Whomping Willow the same year I arrived at Hogwarts. He did not need to fucking say that. He did not need to phrase it like that. It's almost like he was like, Hey Harry, I wonder if it was because of me, because it was planted 
the same magically the same year that I arrived at Hope. I don't know. It seems like he was really trying to like, come on, Harry, you can. You can. Yeah, but it. Harry couldn't put one and one together and get two if you paid him. I'm sorry. I... One and one together is 11. Says <laughs> <laughs> the Harry on our stream. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Hermione's like, oh, yes, werewolf. <laughs> yeah, but that's not important. <laughs> He's fine. Did we miss anything else that y'all wanted to hit? No, those are the big ones for me. <laughs> okay. Me too. Um, I had one other thing. I noticed Harry did something at the beginning of this chapter that he does throughout the series, where he 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 consciously has the thought. I know how Ron and Hermione are going to react to this. So mm -hmm. I'm going to bottle it up and not share it with them. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I, that just struck me. <laughs> it's the same thing as if like maybe one year, just once somebody tell a teacher <laughs> what I is mean, happening. In their defense, they try to tell a teacher in first year. Once. And second year. And second. They they do they, try a couple times. Yeah. Because they actually like, went to McGonagall second yeah. year. But and McGonagall like, was like, us teachers will take care of it. Don't worry about it. Like Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I and I love that Harry's like first year, it's it's Malfoy. No. Second year, it's Malfoy. No. Boop, 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 boop. Sixth year, it's Malfoy. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not in this book that was all that i had you're correct it's the it's often used as the answer to well why didn't harry just tell such and such? why didn't harry just he answers it in his head mm -hmm. it's the excuse it's the plausible deniability of well harry would just do this and solve all of this crap that happens but we need a book to happen we need a long book to happen even this book is long and it's not even long compared to what long becomes in this book series we need some long very long books to happen <laughs> and so we need harry to keep stuff to himself because if he doesn't they'd be much shorter yeah and we wouldn't get cap lock harry and caps lock Harry is We're so still gonna get caps locks, Harry. This this kid is walking trauma. <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> Poor baby. <laughs> yeah. On that I happy note, fun. let's give out some house points. In Hogwarts fashion, these points are completely subjective with no oversight and fully at my discretion and now yours. Uh this week. I am going to, we're going to give and take. I'm going to first give points to Fred and George. They're getting 50 each for the Marauder's Map because it becomes a very, very cherished possession of Harry's and kind of a big-ass deal in this book and the rest of them. So good on you, Fred and George. I'm also going to give Ron the 50 back that Snape took from him for throwing some kind of organ at Malfoy's face in defense of Harry and I feel as though 50 might be lowballing him. Yes. So maybe let's make it 60. Yeah. Just to just cuz 
I really like the visual of Draco Malfoy getting smashed in the face with really anything, but the fact that it was an animal organ. Like a slimy alligator heart just <laughs> yeah, right in his it. face. I, I appreciate it, yeah. Yeah, it's it's great. It's great. Not Tom Felton's face. I know everybody likes his face. Draco Malfoy specifically his right. face. No, no, we're with you on that. Yeah. All, <laughs> although, perhaps Tom Felton should go for Halloween someday with one of those things just stuck to his face and see how Ooh. many Potterheads actually get the joke. Anyways, um, just to round out the Weasleys that we actually care about because, you know, the Percy of it all. I'm going to go ahead and give five points to Ginny for the get well card because she even yes! made it sing. Right. She, she, she made it sing so aggressively that he had to put his fruit bowl on it to make it stop. He said it was very shrill. But that's or something. magic at a second year. That's good. Second year. Good for her. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And we all know the bad bogey hex is coming, so it's and, fine. And Harry kind of sucks. Let's be honest. <laughs> he kind of sucks. Would y'all like to give any points to anybody for anything? Any reason at all? Any I'm, amount of points. I'm going to give 10 points. I don't know what house it would be. I'm guessing Gryffindor to Hagrid for not being able to be quiet. It's just fun. Yeah. He wasn't even drunk this time. Yet. Nope. <laughs> nope. He just could not be quiet no matter how many times Minerva said it. Mm -hmm. yeah. So we're giving points to Hagrid for this? This yes. is a good thing? Mm -hmm. Okay. He, he was we, so and we fun. needed the exposition. <laughs> I I also gave points to friend George for the Marauders map. I not as many. I took some off because they didn't give it to Ron. No. And like I get it, but I sort of don't get like Yeah. So I, I gave it. them 35 points each because you you lose some for not. And then I give three points to Hermione for not turning Harry in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I I, yeah, I'm gonna fight you on that one. Um, you did good. You did good. <laughs> you guys have given points to the people I would have given points to except Hermione. I am giving some points to Lupin because yeah. he came back, he was sympathetic to the entire class, and he recognized that Harry really needed his help and agreed to help him after the break. Like, that's good teaching. That's good recognizing your students' needs and levels. And God bless him. So I'm saying 45 points to Lupin. Oh, we go to Gryffindor. Although I really feel the teacher should have a house points. Hourglass. Oh, I give them to the te to to just the people. No, no oversight. Remember, there's no rules to this. Is whose line is it anyway? And These I'm points okay are completely like they don't matter. <laughs> but damn That's it, it's right, fun boys. to do. But also. Um, the reason that Fred and George didn't give it to Ron is because, well, one, Ron is going to get the ancillary benefit from giving it to Harry, but also Ron isn't capable of having such an object, probably. And luckily for them, they actually do kind of look out for him because the one thing that they're doing to kind of like not have Ron do something really, really dumb is put something like this in his possession because he's gonna do something really, really dumb, but they can give it to Harry. He can yeah. do all the dumb shit I he wants and Ron can twins, go with them. I think that's giving the twins a lot of credit. These are yes, people trying. that, that tr gave him acid pops and put a hole in his tongue. Um, <laughs> like, 
They also I, tried I, to make an unbreakable vow with. I, I do have some negative points to give out. Bear into a spider. Oh yeah, oh, I have I'm negative fine. points. To yeah, give we got to take points. To take too. away. Let's do yeah. that. I'm gonna I'm gonna say the only like the strong one in my head is the owners of Honeydews. After now probably forty years, that there is a passageway into their place, and they haven't been missing inventory all that time. Nope. Like. How bad are you as a as a shop owner? An inventory. What about a, a a kid walking behind you, who mm -hmm. is not very subtle? Just I well open trap door, close trap door, walk behind you up the stairs, behind the owner, like past owner's husband, <laughs> behind the owner because he's behind the counter, yeah. and then just pops up. Like yeah. what? <laughs> I work here. Yeah. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah so that's... I, took away, I took away 100 points from them because they're oh, bad shop owners. That's, that's fine. I only took 15. I'm with it. I'm with it. I only yeah. took 15. They get more points back because we needed it to happen because plot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm going to, I'm taking away points from two, from two people. Malfoy for Malfoy. He's going to lose. Six. Malfoy's going to Malfoy. Malfoy's going to Malfoy. I'm taking away 60 because. He probably got points from Snape for doing it. So Malfoy's going to Malfoy. Um, the other one, I'm taking points from the minister because, yo, you are, <laughs> you are legitimately the wizard, the British Wizarding World's version of the president. And you're just like, I'm going to gossip at a bar. Like, what? Ah, yes. What? Government mm -hmm. secrets. <laughs> Sir. Yeah. With, with the person I arrested last year. So he's going to lose <laughs> 250 points for being that bad at his job. <laughs> that seems low compared to what's going to happen later. <laughs> right? Oh, damn, Very right? true. Did you, you just know, set precedence? some points for me to take away later. Yeah, that's, that's going to be tough. Um, I'm going to add Snape to this list because he took 50 points from Ron and I hate him. So I'm going to take 50 from him. I'm okay with that. I'm Fresh fine. I'm just leveling playing fields over here. Of course, of course. Yeah. yeah. Anybody and else? Not, get, take another 50 because he let Malfoy get away with that shit in class anyway. Yeah, so. I like it. And and 10 more because he has an ugly face. Okay. <laughs> Expecto plot change -o. Let's oh. rewrite Harry Potter one small change at a time. This question is going to be for you all to answer and i, I i'm just gonna let people know behind the curtain i had a different question planned we talked about the idea of this even happening and y'all had a better question so you're gonna answer your own question <laughs> nope i'm not taking credit for this this is sam because <laughs> this is a hard one <laughs> it's it's fantastic so here is the question what if hagrid had given baby harry to sirius way back when the Potters were killed. Now, before you answer, and before the tens of people listening to this get all huffy, because this did not take place in this chapter, the story was recounted and we learned about it in this chapter, so it is fair game, because this is my podcast and I make the rules here. <laughs> Who wants to go first? I'm just going to say, because I've been thinking about this the whole time, trying to figure out what I was going to say. And <laughs> what I've come to is, we would not have the story about a boy who lived. We would have the story 
of the man and his nephew on the run around the wizarding world. But and had this totally like it would not have ever gotten to the story we know if that had happened. Oh yeah, absolutely. But timing wise, doesn't does Sirius see Hagrid after mm -mm. Peter? No, or before. before. So if he had Harry, he would not have confronted Peter. He would have just lived out his life. Like Peter would have still been a problem. And I think eventually we would have meandered our way back to Valdi versus Harry. But he would have been raised by Sirius and Sirius would not have needed to go to Azkaban. And he was a spoiled little princel. He would have That's been a dark-haired Draco Malfoy. Um, he would, would not have been the, and, I mean, I, and I'm a Harry stan. I know people go after Harry, but no one else in the book has the heart that that child has. You gotta have heart. Ever. And that Harry would not exist. Right. And without that Harry, Voldemort wins. And yeah. Sirius, love him. Very much a large child himself. Mm -hmm. He would not have raised a brave, willing to sacrifice child. And you needed the you needed Harry to be willing to sacrifice. Now yeah. on that other end, though, if Sirius instead of having suspended childhood by sitting in Azkaban for eleven years, would he have grown up oh. if he had to raise a child, especially on the run? Like yes, but that I think probably would have improved Sirius. It would have improved Sirius, but I don't think it would have changed his personality. Right. You know, 180 so this is still the guy who gave a six-month-old a broom and he uh -huh. still would have been on the run because then we only have peter to peter's story to tell peter go well he was their secret keeper like yeah we, Voldemort we, wins no i don't think Voldemort wins i think we get there a completely different way and neville's birth would have come into play oh because I don't, by then it was too late though, because the prophecy said he had to mark him as his equal and Harry had been marked as his equal by then. But would anybody know that? Because Sirius would have been on the run with Harry. But Sirius would be time. on the run because he hadn't oh, killed Peter. We are forgetting the most important thing. The Dumbledore factor. Sirius would have been shot down, would have been gone. Dumbledore would have taken that baby back. And we go right back on track. <laughs> the Dumbledore factor. Okay, but here's, let's go back. At the time when Hagrid runs into Sirius and the ramshackle home, we don't know Peter versus Sirius. So Dumbledore wouldn't know Peter versus Sirius. So mm -hmm. there would not have been a reason for Dumbledore to think Sirius did it and hunt him down. But we I thought no, we established we that oh, no, Sirius we hadn't never mind. Yeah. Hadn't plus seen Peter. Yeah. Other, if he gets Harry, then he he doesn't confront Peter. He takes care of Harry. But yeah. not to mention they moved to at that universe. point, Dumbledore does know the prophecy. Yeah. But Dumbledore would have gone after Harry anyway. No, Sirius is in the US living in Utah somewhere. They wouldn't have found him. Well, and here's the Double here's the board. thing too um here's the piece that i feel like has always been under explained and by that i mean not at all but 
let's say in this scenario, Sirius has Harry. Mm -hmm. Dumbledore knows how the Potters were hidden. He knows why the baby was targeted. He is aware of the sacrifice. I think he would have, one, talked Sirius into letting him take Harry to the Dursleys because of the blood charm that he could place over the Dursleys' home because of Lily's sacrifice. That's why he chooses the Dursleys for Harry. It's it's literally magic. It's blood mm -hmm. magic, and there's not another option on the face of the planet for him to yeah. use that sacrifice with. Right. And yeah, Exactly. But he would have to do that after he has been convinced that Sirius was not the secret keeper as everyone thinks that he was. Yeah. I was going to say, I still think he just would have gone after Sirius, thinking yeah. Sirius was the secret keeper. Yeah, but as soon as God. he got to him, he'd be like, okay, I can legitimate. And yeah, like, not the <laughs> he would keeper. take the time to do it. And that's that's a good question. Would he take the time? I think, I think once he he's got Harry, now it looks like Sirius is guilty in taking Harry away from the scene to do whatever with because yeah. that's who Voldemort was going Dumbledore after. Would have, I mean, Dumbledore is the headmaster who watched these boys grow up. There's a, there had to be a part of him that said Sirius would never do this. I'm going to legitimate and see what really happened. I just, I can't imagine he wouldn't take that two seconds to search it. It's sort of, that's the part that's always, that has always bugged me is that he's never knowing that this man was thrown in Azkaban without a trial, he never explored whether or not, like, he, he, he never had that thought of, I would not suspect it was Sirius. And Sirius didn't get a trial. Sirius was railroaded into Azkaban. I know, I'm not even going to go check. But well, I think, think about what we heard even in this chapter. Dumbledore didn't trust any of them and wanted to be the secret keeper himself. Yeah. Yeah, and it's... He suspected it, there was a spy. But so it does, let's yeah. let's just say, Hagrid gives Sirius the baby. Hagrid then goes to the Dursleys to say, um, I'm just coming to let you know, I gave the baby to Sirius. Dumbledore flips all kinds of his lid and goes in search of Sirius. Sirius is distraught obviously and probably hasn't really left the area or thought of running because at this point i don't know if he would have realized the world thinks he did it mm -hmm. because he knows yeah. he's a secret keeper like he had no reason to run yeah and, i mean if you think about it from his perspective he was taking his godson to keep him safe mm -hmm. and to protect him he would have no frame of reference to think the world thinks I did this yeah. because he knows he's not the secret keeper. So Dumbledore shows up angry, you know, wand flashing. I don't think that's Dumbledore style either. No, but I'm saying like he, he would still be sitting there. Like in my mind, Sirius didn't mm -hmm. go anywhere. He's not running. He had no, no. reason to. So no, he's probably he, a Grimwood place. Right. He's sitting there uh, crying his eyes out, holding baby Harry. And yeah, Dumbledore comes up and is like, let's gentlemen. And then he's cleared. Like, that's what would have happened if Hagrid had given him up. Here's the sad thing. I don't know if I trust that, but I want to. 
So I'm going to accept that headcanon because it makes me happier. <laughs> you know what it also does? It also gives us a viable option for Sirius to be an ally to Dumbledore throughout. And that is... Let's, let's just pretend Sirius didn't spend half of his life or a, a third of his life in Azkaban. That's a formidable weapon to have on your side. Yep. Yes. And it's a lifeline to Harry. Maybe he's not abused in the same way that he is growing up because he does have a godfather that is not going to just leave him sit there at the Dursleys. Yep. Yeah. And he's Even also one to not to be fucked with. Even if you had to be at the Dursley, Sirius would be like That's there true. every morning. Go mm-hmm. ahead, Sunia. How's it going? Making breakfast. Yeah. But here's <laughs> an interesting side to that. With Sirius as his family, he's Harry does become less attached to the Weasleys. Mm. Oh, so it's like he doesn't end up fucking his sister. They can actually just have an emotional connection to each other. Oh, cool. Okay. I mean, it could be worse. It could be his mom. She is kind of his mom reincarnated. And now we're back to where we were on your podcast. For real. And with that... Thank you all for coming on my podcast. That question will get shared on social media and you can use the voicemail feature on belatedbinge.com to tell us why I ruined everything for you and you agree with all of them. Um, Anything y'all want to plug or talk about or anything on the way out? I will go ahead and say, I want to plug our podcast because, you know, (laughs) good start. (laughs) Uh, So we are the Pottership Podcast. If you don't know, what we do is we talk about the various relationships between Harry Potter characters, whether they are friends, enemies, lovers, never met, uh, tangentially flaws, or if they're just a house and the house has a relationship with the people. You never know. So check us out. A literal house? Yeah, we've actually done the sorting hat. And its relationship, we've done Hogwarts and its relationship to the people in it. Yeah. Can we, you do we, a house? Yeah, I'm, I'm not yeah. not a Hogwarts house, a house. You could do a grim old place. Yeah. Okay. That'd be that'd be a good one. You want to come back? Oh <laughs> no, I've got your next ship that you must discuss. Okay. Grimwood Place and the Burrow. Ooh. Interesting. Okay. We You're welcome. We will make also, it happen. For the record, I like Harry and Ginny as a ship. We established that on your show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yep, and you. Mel loves okay. Dumbledore. Um, you can, we are the Pottership Podcast. You can find us on Instagram, on uh, Spotify, on X, sort of. I don't really go on there a lot. And on Facebook and coming next year on TikTok. And I have nothing to add except thank you so much. This has been a blast. And now you have to come back. Um, let, let's do what, episode 101. <gasps> okay. I'm going to say that Zach needs to come back to discuss that incredibly difficult ship he just threw at us. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yay. Ow, ow, ow. Twist my <laughs> arm, why don't you? Let's do it. I'm, I'm down. Lovely. Thank you so much. Thank no, you. thank you for coming. This was a ton of fun. And thank you for listening and telling all your Potterhead friends that their new favorite podcast should be Belated binge, Harry Potter. Of course.